Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by enemy of the state, Ryan Donnelly. Um, Ryan, we have a, uh, we got kind of a hybrid show here. We don't usually do coach talk on the free show. That's usually reserved for the people who pay for meet at midfield.com. But today we are going to mix things up a little bit. We've got a watch list for conference championship week, like we usually do, but there are so few games and they're all kind of shitty. So we are also going to do mm. some coach talk here. There's been some news, uh, earlier on in this week between, when we when we last recorded a premium show and now and uh, some of it's very funny and so we are going to we're going to talk about that but we we have a limitation here that we're going to try as hard as we can to actually and and we're not talking about your brain yeah 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 i would say i'm the one definitely who probably holds us back (laughs) on that front so what are we what are we doing here uh yeah we're putting three minutes on the clock for each individual coaching uh news situation coaching style news situation Mm -hmm. uh that's what's going to be going in three minutes each of those each bullet point three minutes for home field apparel uh, and three minutes per game uh so you're going to have three minutes for each of these it's going to be come out to about an hour 15 minutes on the end of it which i'm sure we're going to stick to there's no way we're going to lie oh, about yeah. that and be wrong about it yeah uh, i'm sure we're going to hit it on the nose uh rapid fire yeah we're going to go so i mean patrick but first before we do that we're going to tell them about meet at midfield.com right. which is our college football website we own it um just us just me and patrick everyone else works for us they're employees they're little elves <laughs> in our factory of content yep um and we, we post about Ohio State, Michigan. Patrick's an Ohio State fan. I'm a Michigan fan. <laughs> uh, we post about Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah. Um, it's really fun. Yeah. Our, our message board today, actually, you know what I should just do, honestly, is I should just read the message board post today that everyone's been losing their minds over. Yes. Um, this did was, you see this? From, from, yes. This was so fucking good from, from specialists. This was so from funny. Specialists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, that's you. He, this is this is a post. It's in the it's in the thread about Ryan Day getting fired at Ohio State and being replaced with Mike Vrabel. Yep. This is a little teaser. If you've been on the fence about message boards, the kinds of original content from our posters you're getting. Uh, it's a picture of Matt Damon in the scene in Goodwill Hunting when he's arguing with the the ponytail guy, um, who's talking about uh, what's the story he's talking about? Uh, uh, Howard Zinn. He's he's doing a Howard Zinn bit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is this is in the voice of Matt Damon. Uh, of course, that's your contention. You're an OSU state media beat-pilled optimist. You just got finished reading Buckeye Huddle. Alex Gleitman's Be Careful What You Wish For, probably. You're going to be convinced of that until next month when Brian Hartline takes a Cincinnati job. Then you're going to be talking about how Mick Marotti is a great S&C coach, that the lifting program is fine. That's going to last until next year. Then you're going to be in here regurgitating Ryan Day, talking about, you know, the team has been scared and has once again found a new level of toughness. Well, as a matter of fact, I won't, because Ryan Day dramatically underestimates the impact of Ryan Day dramatically underestimates the impact of not having a quarterback who poses a run threat. You got that from his press conferences. Yeah, I listened to those too. Were you going to plagiarize the whole thing for us? you have any thoughts of your own on this matter? Or is that your thing? You come into my Twitter feed, read some Bill Connolly, and then pretend you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some anonymous Buckeye fans, embarrass my friend? See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 10 years, you're going to start doing some thinking on your own, and you're going to come up with the fact there are two certainties in life. One, don't do that. And two, you spent four years of your life referring to SP plus recruiting rankings when you could have actually opened your eyes to watch the games that actually mattered. Man, it, just it's just tremendous content. It's it's really, <laughs> really like 
it's very good it's a very good is that a sorkin movie because the, the writing sounds very much like sorkin and i think that that it's a good no, goodwill hunting is uh famously written by affleck and matt damon it was their big break if i recall correctly. okay well they're uh, they're they're, bite, they're biting sorkin and it's uh <laughs> that style is is very well reflected in that post uh this sort of just like like saying things extremely fast that don't even really make sense but you're saying them so quickly that it just you can just kind of bowl over somebody um it's very good exemplary post and we've got we've got so many exemplary posts and also some really bad ones over there on the message board and everybody knows as we have learned i think the most important lesson that we have learned from the existence of of twitter and its growth is that you have to have things to get mad about just as much as you have to have content that you like and so we've got a little bit for everything we've got we've got good posts we've got bad posts we've got posts you can yell about we've got complaining we've got arguing we've got everything that you could possibly want over there meet at midfield.com it's 12.99 a month um, you would be you will be losing money if you don't subscribe. You, we will be taking money from you. We will rob you. We will rob you at gunpoint. So you're going to give us money regardless, and it would be a lot less if you just subscribe instead of needing it to uh, to come to a mugging. So Pat, yeah, I agree. Let, let's let's get into it from here. Let's just dive in uh, on these coaching segments, on these uh, game previews, uh, and let's just let's just rip away. You ready for me to start the clock? Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to start with coaching hires here. We're going to start with UAB, which has hired uh, former NFL quarterback and also uh, only ever a high school coach, Trent Dilfer. Um, mm-hmm. After a search where it seemed like a lot of people didn't really know what was going on there, it was it was run I think exclusively by the athletic director and I believe his name is Mark Ingram, uh, not related to the other Mark Ingram. Um, this was it was played pretty close to the vest, and the guy that they came out with at the podium uh, was Trent Dilfer. Um, mm. I mean, like, there's no reason I, I I have seen even like legacy media types, access merchants, things like that coming out and, and openly saying like, this is a ridiculous hire. This is, <laughs> this is an utterly absurd hire that is very obviously not taking seriously what you have to do at the college football level. Um, and I think that that is, yeah, I think that's totally fair. I, I, I think when those fucking guys are willing to say it. You can, I mean, when it gets down to us, when it's time for us to describe this kind of hire, we can say safely, this is one of the worst hires of all time. I cannot believe how badly UAB fucked this up. This guy fucking sucks. What a ridiculous, absurd hire to make. I mean, embarrassing. The board of trustees should, should have a vote of no confidence for this AD. This is ridiculous. Yeah, Vincent Bryant, I believe, is the AD, correct? Uh, did, did an absolutely terrible job. No, uh, no, Brian. He's a high school football um, Vincent Vincent is Bryant's the, the, the interim. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Brian, Brian Vincent is the interim. Vincent Brian Vincent is the interim. Um, Mark yeah. Ingram is the AD. That's right. You just said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was listening closely. You were you were, um, you were updating our, our doc with important information that we'll get to in a minute. It's all good. Yeah. We'll actually just move that up to the next bullet point here because yeah. I want to talk about that right away. Maybe we're going to spend more than three minutes immediately. Yeah. Uh, but, Whoops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look, yeah, he's a he's a high school football coach who's mostly mostly known for just teaching elite eleven. Uh, that's like what he does. It's, I mean, he he won the Super Bowl on a team that had a great defense. He was a terrible quarterback. Yeah, uh, he just quit on his high school team before their state title game too. By the way, he's not coaching their state title game to go take this job. Jesus, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a loser. Uh, they, they they are. They, I I the idea here is is and you could tell this from the introductory press conference where one of the first things that the AD says is that he was uh is the number seven pick in the draft or whatever. Um, they're trying to do the Dion thing, right? They're trying to get a guy who has not been a college coach, bring him up and 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 generate some hype based on. Uh, what people know about him personally and what people remember about him as a player. The issue here is twofold. One, Dion has charisma 
and like can can be kind of a force of of nature by himself and can be sort of the figurehead of a program. Trent Dilfer's a, a fucking uh, just nobody. He's white He's bread. He's a dope. Um, and two, yeah. nobody remembers Trent Dilfer. Nobody liked this guy. It's not like oh, Trent Dilfer was a superstar quarter. He's a fucking loser then, and he's a loser now. Nobody likes this fucking yeah. guy. He's just some TV guy. It, it's it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. It'd be like hiring like I don't even know. It'd be like hiring Dan Orlovsky as your fucking head coach. What, what do it's you a, mean? It's a horrible hire. It's it's an F grade. We agree. There's no reason to do it. It's it's like God. UAB is in a precarious situation too with Troy's Alabama rising. They're joining a new conference. Yeah, like, a new stadium, a new facilities. Go. They really needed to hit this. They really needed they to failed. hit this, and there's no way they're going to. There's no way. Patrick, unfortunately, unfortunately, we have to move on to our next subject here. Um, We are on to the biggest news possibly, I think it's safe to say, of the 21st century to date coaching hires. (laughs) The Florida Atlantic University, a prestigious university, has moved on to hire a Tom Herman-style individual. Holy shit. In Tom Herman. Yeah. FAU, according to Brett McMurphy, it was reported two minutes ago at the time of recording, has just hired Tom Herman. Um. (laughs) My immediate reaction, let's fucking go. This rocks. Yeah, this is yeah, amazing. Let's go. He's back. The king is back. Yeah. The king is back. Look, uh, Florida Atlantic only hires former G former P five coaches, right? It's the only thing they do. It's their it's their move every time. Yeah. Sometimes it fails, sometimes it works, right? Willie Taggart didn't work out so well. Lane Kiffin, huge success. I think Tom Herman's a lot closer to Lane Kiffin than he is to Willie Taggart. Yeah. Um, he is basically the same guy as Lane Kiffin, in fact. He's just a bit of an asshole who has, you know, uh, problems with booster management and and uh you know, some other things, but, mm-hmm. but <laughs> largely uh, is a good offensive mind who wins football games. Like Lane Kiffin's a good football coach. So is Tom Herman. Uh, I think he's going to work fantastic at FAU. He also now completes his power triangle of, of coaching like every major football state except Georgia. Yep. Um, he's been in Ohio. He's been in Texas. He's been in California. He's not going to be in Florida. This guy's been fucking everywhere. Uh, he, he is a... He's the king. He's the best. He's the greatest of all time. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna kill it. I think at FAU. This is, I can't believe that FAU managed to pull this off. I would guess that they are throwing some serious money around with their their impending move to the AAC. Um, which if you're you also if you're USF, unless unless this really breaks the right way, which they have had a couple candidates thrown out there, we'll mention it in a minute. Um, you don't feel great right now as the other Florida team in the AAC as UCF jumps out up to the to the Big Twelve. FAU's coming in and they've got a big gun. They they're they're bringing they're like this is a pretty big move to to enter the league with to go out and get Tom Herman like. This is a da- this is a damn good football coach. This is a damn good yeah. football coach, and especially because he was also rumored as a candidate that USF was pursuing. Yeah, he was. I mean, yeah, he was rumored as a candidate there, but he was rumored as a candidate for P five jobs. Even he was rumored at Colorado for for you know at at Arizona State. Like this is a this is not just a retread. Like Tom Herman is good. He was good at Texas. He was fired for being good at Texas, but being good in an annoying way. And I don't think most programs would be in a position to do that. And I think that he'll, I think he'll do really well at FAU. I think that he, you know, I don't know if he can rec- recreate exactly what he did at Houston, but he won quickly and he won a lot at Houston. He recruited really well at Houston. I have no reason to think he can't do the same thing here. Yeah. I mean, I think also something we should consider here is that this makes USF a less attractive job. Yeah. Right. That's I don't think that's crazy to say. Like the fact that if, if you have Tom Herman at the other job across from you now in this conference, uh, he's a pretty good coach. Like I think other coaches realize that. Like he's good at what he does. Uh, I think that makes USF a little less appealing for a guy like Dion, right? Who's coming into this, who is rumored again for this job, or even Jamie Chadwell. If you're like, you know, why would I leave my current comfy job 
where I know I'll succeed next year to take a risk at, at what could be a pretty awful situation. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. This is a, this is awesome for FAU. It's a great, great hire. I think they could win immediately. Yeah, I would agree. Um, let's move on. Brent Key is the head coach now at Georgia Tech. No interim tag. They have removed it. They have made him the full-time head coach. Um, this is a surprise. It looked like last week it was going to be Willie Fritz. I would guess that that, was, that, that fell apart for our two primary reasons. One, Fritz probably didn't get exactly what he wanted, did not get the assurances that he was looking for in terms of staffing money, in terms of infrastructure investment, things of that nature. That has been an issue at Georgia Tech. And two, uh, he won. He beat Cincinnati on uh, on Friday and is taking his team to the AAC championship game for the first time in program history. I'm going to guess he would want to coach that game and probably the New Year's Six Bowl if he was to win that game. Um, and I'm going to guess that Georgia Tech was not interested in that. I think that this is probably a timing thing. Um, as for Brent Key, the actual hire, man, I'm just whatever we'll wait three more years and then they'll dry it again um i don't yeah i I don't know the team responded well to him that's worth something but but i have no faith like i think that's just a responding to a guy who sucked thing i don't think there's actually any reason to believe he's a good coach yeah and i don't know maybe he'll be able to get them to a bowl game or two he almost did it this year despite taking over like four or five games into the season i don't remember how long it was but um, right and like yeah he did pretty well this year they won some games they looked competent at times they were not good by any means but I, I think that he might be able to have some success here but the ceiling is is probably six wins I would say for 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 one season or you know and, and I think we'll probably be back here in three years I, I think that we'll probably be right back here and, and maybe then Fritz is available maybe then you go to try and get somebody like Jamie Chadwell or Maybe you're you're weakened enough that you will just do the option or something else, but I, I just I this feels like we're just you know all right we're gonna hold the ball for a little bit and then we're gonna try again in in a couple years when we think we have a better a better candidate pool or more money or a better thing that we can show to uh, to walk into where it doesn't look like a full rebuild I don't know but this um, it feels like Georgia Tech is just kind of running out the clock and I would be I would be very frustrated if I was a Georgia Tech fan I can understand those who are probably pretty excited about this but. I I don't see it. I don't really see a whole lot of reasons to be very excited about this. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, I guess I just don't really. I don't know. Like, there's nothing going on here. He's not going to win anything. It's not really building off of anything else. It's just uh, it's just a replacement level hire. It's basically he's Matt Luke. He is Matt Luke at Ole Miss. It's almost the same thing. Yeah. Alum of the school who stabilized him a little bit following some controversy, uh, but who you know, is a former O-lineman as well. Can't really recruit, can't really win games. Like, it's just going to go 6-6 six six or something like that. That's who he is. Yeah. Whatever. Cur- it's fine. I'm curious to uh, see what his staff looks like because he is a Bama guy. So I'm interested if he tries to pull some of those guys or if Saban pawns mm-hmm. some of his shitty coaches off on him. Um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Next next job here. Speaking of Bama guys, uh, speaking of <laughs> a team trying to beat Bama, here comes Hugh Freeze to Auburn. Yeah. Patrick, you're a big Hugh Freeze fan. You guys are close personal friends. Mm-hmm. You uh, you and Dan Walken have been working on this, this news for a long time together yeah tell me what you think about Hugh Freeze I'm actually Hugh Freeze's pastor and I think that despite his public persona and I think despite the fact of you know what, what the haters and losers have said about him he has a good heart his soul is good uh his intentions are always pure it's just that sometimes you know Poe but he's perfect he he makes mistakes he's still just a boy he's growing he's learning on the fly and I think that someday he will become a full he will become a full man and uh, he will be ready to take responsibility for his actions. Um, so you have to think that this is a godly hire and one that cannot possibly go wrong because Auburn has the spirit of the Lord on its side. Mm-hmm. That's so real. Uh, yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's going to do great. We love him. We're all proud of our boy, Hugh. 
I mean, no, look, obviously it's a joke of a hire, right? Like, yeah, they, very well may succeed. they, they flinched. They, that's, I mean, they flinched. That's, that's what happened here. They brought in a new guy who they thought would be ready for the stage and he wasn't. They, they flinched. They, they, he did not have control of the search enough to keep his fucking idiot boosters away from Hugh Freeze, like like dogs, you know, smelling something in the woods. He could not pull the leash back, and they ended up with this dipshit loser. They, 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 he flinched. He fucked it up, and they did not have an adult in the room like they pretended that they did. It was the same. It's the same Auburn that it has been. There's nothing different here. Yeah, hundred percent. And I guess the question is like, who would they have hired differently? Like, if they did have an adult, like as we came back to it last time, like I, I think the biggest thing they put themselves into is if they couldn't get Lane Kiffin, they didn't have an obvious candidate to go to. Yeah, instead. which like, is a failure. Guys I would have that, like that is objectively a failure. If you are down to Lane Kiffin or you have nothing, you fucked up the hire. That's bad. That's bad that yeah. Lane Kiffin yep. is your choice A. That's really bad. I mean, yeah, hundred percent for the quality of this job too, but it's also like uh, it's a bigger problem of like how do you fire Harson now if you don't yeah. know you can get Lane? Yeah, like, you have to. Know you had Lane all year. A, you had two yeah. years to figure out who you were going to hire here because Harson was dead on arrival. How did? They, how is yeah. this the best they could do? It's crazy, man. It makes no sense to me. There's just it was a horrible search for the jump. They totally flubbed it. Like whatever, whatever any of their like kind of friendly media say, they absolutely flubbed it. Yeah. There's no way around it. It was it, a terrible hire. It, just, it uh, feels like he, they were he just... very well may win some games too. Like he might win some shit here, but he's not yeah. going to work in the, in the macro sense. Yeah. He might be able to portal his way into nine or 10 wins. I think that that's, that that's realistic, but like his yeah. old miss tenure was not just exclusively winning a bunch of games. They were largely just mid. They were, they were okay. Yeah. You know, like it's not like those teams that you remember as beating Alabama ended up doing anything. They just, we're sort of there they were fine yeah it's you know this is a uh this is a a more potentially you know disastrous version of lane basically you just go out and get one that could fail a lot worse than lane would right you know in, in a lot more yep. damaging ways but like they came into the it was very obvious they came into this wanting to do the lsu thing wanting to do the the usc thing wanting to make a big swing and grab somebody from a sitting job and, and have everybody be all you know, all up in arms and, and, and shocked about the yeah. hire that they were able to pull off. They missed on the guy who was even undershooting that. They missed on, they missed on, on the, the the guy who would have been disappointing using those metrics. And they landed on a just a name, just a name. No, yep, nothing, name. no and, more and, substance, and, just a name. And the last thing I'll say on this, because then we got to move on to the next thing here, is that Auburn basically is not who they think they are. They're not the job they thought they were. They don't have the juice like that. They don't have that kind of, uh, they don't have that kind of heat, man. Like you, you, like, I'm sorry. They really won a national championship in the last, you know, whatever, uh, it's 15 years. They are not the same level of program as as LSU or as USC or as schools that can pull this off. Yeah, they're not that guy. Yeah, their um, their issue. Of, real quick here, their issue is that big name coaches who they would be able to pull off that big hire with are not stupid. They're not stupid enough to go into this situation. The situation is fucked, and it is not going to yield a good coach until they alleviate that problem. Yep, 100%. Speaking of guys who can't alleviate any problems and will fail, uh, Neil Brown is on for one more year at West Virginia. Great. This is just an admittance that this program is broke. Yep. Um, no money. Nothing else to learn from that. No money, no swag, juiceless, pathetic. Yeah, they, they hired a new uh, AD, and his first task was to retain the head coach. It, it, nothing. They got nothing here. There, there's nothing going yeah. on. This, they're wasting time. Their next hire will be just as useless as this one. Um, yeah, keep it Why moving. Why not hire they're, Jamie Chadwick? Like, obviously, they don't have a ton of money, but they can get. They, they have enough money to hire a G5. Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard to hire the guy at Coastal Carolina, right? He's not making a huge. He's not making a huge amount of money, and it's not like he has a ton of P5 suitors. I, I don't. Maybe they still can. Maybe they can get him to wait one more year. I, I, it feels like they are 
risking that though, because we're going to talk about Jamie Chadwell in a minute. It seems like he might move on and the window might close for West Virginia if it's going to be making a higher next year. The timing might be off. And yeah, I, I, I don't get it. What is the point? You know this isn't going to work. You've admitted basically that this isn't going to work by saying we're going to retain him, you know, after months of it being rumored that he was going to get fired. It's obvious where this is headed. It's the same thing at fucking Indiana with Tom Allen, who we're going to talk about in a minute too. Um, Like, I just... What's the point? What's the point? I get that it costs money. I get that you don't have the buyout money immediately on hand. You're a big boy. You got to go get it. You got to go get the money. There's not, it's not going to wait for you. The sport is not going to wait for these programs anymore. West Virginia will just fall under the fucking wheels. That's what happens. That's it. There's no, you know, there's no like, oh, he's going to magically figure it out. He's going to bounce back. He's going to get to a bowl game. The program is going to recover. That was going to be this year. If it was going to happen, it would have happened this year. It's done. They're wasting time. It's like Georgia Tech. They're just trying to run out the clock. They are, yeah. they're I mean, done. No, Georgia Tech has more of a reason than this. I would say it's actually, I mean, Georgia Tech has a better situation than this. At least a guy who, you know, had a winning record in the games he actually coached and, and yeah. you know, has some juice or whatever. Like Neil Brown has nothing going on. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a total waste of time. I don't get why they're doing it. They had better options. Better options would have said yes to them. I don't understand it. Uh, it's a failure. Uh, moving on to our next one here. Uh, there are rumors here about Dion uh, being down to choosing between USF, Colorado, and Cincinnati as his uh, coaching options. Mm-hmm. This is not it does not appear to be coming from Dion. Uh, it's just, and I think he's in fact refuted some of these reports, but yeah. uh, unless it is out there, yeah, um, he's got the hats Dion, on the table. He's got the three different hats on the table. And he's going to be picking one up on Sunday. On <laughs> I'll say it, if Cincinnati doesn't offer Dion, I would not take these other two jobs. I would not take USF or Colorado if I were him. I don't even know if I'd take Cincy. I, I think I probably would, but I, I wouldn't feel enthusiastic about it. Like, he does not need to be in a rush to take a job here. He has his son, Shador is back next year at quarterback. Travis Hunter's back next year defensive back. Like, this team went undefeated this season. They play a game this weekend to, to go to the uh, Celebration Bowl. Yep. They're probably going to finish the year undefeated and, and the best team in the FCS, realistically, because, you know, they can't play in the playoffs. Uh it, it, like there's no need to rush through this whole thing. Like, they can just wait this out. Like he can just wait this out. Rather, he's going to get P5 offers next year. No need to rush on this. I don't get why he would take these jobs. If I were him, I would not do it. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. But but nonetheless, rumors are out there. Um, we'll see. What are your thoughts? Um, first of all, I will issue a, a correction here that the, it is not the opinion of flipping the field that Jackson state is the best FCS team. We would, we would get yelled at for saying that that is not true. Um, okay. Well, I don't really care about FCS football. I'll be honest. I just, I just want to, I just want to, I'm not going to pretend to care. I just want to say very quickly, we know that that is not the case. Um, yeah, I mean, like I think the, since I'm, I'm a lot higher on the Cincinnati job than I think you are, because I think that. Ryan Day's a stone cold loser, and that Dion could straight up beat him for for recruits if they're going to be in the Big Twelve. Um, but like the other two, I I agree. I don't really know USF, especially the the investment there has not been good. There's there's not a great record, a great track record of coaches being successful there. Um, Colorado is. I would need to I would need to see it in writing that there's going to be greater investment in that program than there is right now. And then even then I wouldn't feel great about it. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't just stick it out one more year. If you don't, you know, it's not like he has to go right now. It's not like he has to leave. He has to jump up. I think he could have another season, you know, another undefeated or close to undefeated season, unless he thinks that his roster is going to be really shitty last next year. He might as well just wait, just, just, you know, see what comes open next year. See if, 
you know, SMU wants to move on from its, you know, dead dog new coach. See, Memphis wants to move on. I think Memphis probably will want to move on next year. Maybe wait on that. I, I, I just, I don't know why you'd be limiting yourself to these, these three uh, when you probably could just wait another year and maybe jump right up to a, a much better job than any of these. The, you know, the ACC is probably going to have some jobs open up sometime soon. We've we've got the ACC and SEC are in kind of new job cycles that will start to run down here pretty soon. Um, I I think you might as well just wait another year and then see what comes open next year. Because if this is your top three, unless like I unless like you said, Cincinnati offers, which we don't think it has or will, um, right. just just wait, just just bide your time and and find a better gig next year. I don't think that you need to do this. I think he could be successful in any of these jobs, but he would be making it harder on himself than he really needs to. Right. I mean, uh, fucking Houston might Shadwell. open next year. What'd you say? I mean, fucking Houston might open next year. Like that, sure, that would absolutely. be, that would be yeah. a much better job. hundred uh, percent. Next one we have here, Jamie Chadwell is being rumored to both Liberty and USF as a candidate for both those jobs. Um, I don't know. I don't really get this one. Obviously Coastal just took a huge beating at the hands of James Madison, which may be an unfortunate preview of what could come next year if they do not have Grayson McCall on this team, which they won't. He's yeah. done it with his eligibility. Um, however, I don't know. Like Liberty or USF are not particularly inspiring for Jamie Chadwell, especially if he was rumored for West Virginia and other Power 5 jobs. I think he'll be just fine if he sits here one more year. It's not like USF has a better roster or worse competition than, than Coastal does, right? Well, it's not like Liberty. I mean, Liberty... It, it has worse competition, the but the roster is not as good. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if I'm him, I don't get why you'd make these moves. I think you continue to wait it out for a power five job. Someone's going to open up. Uh, one of the ACC jobs will open up next year or West Virginia will open next year. Just keep waiting. You'll get a job, I think. I, I don't know why you rush here. Yeah, I, I think that this is maybe indicative of the roster not being in a place that he feels super comfortable with. They do not have an established yeah. guy at quarterback. The guys who have been backing up McCall have not been terribly impressive. Um, I could see him having a little bit of angst about that, especially after, like you said, this this past weekend's result. James Madison, I don't think, is going to slow down anytime soon. Um, and, and so I would I would understand his concern about that. I think that Liberty for, I mean, for everything that, that you, you can say accurately about Liberty and, and deservedly about Liberty, I do think that at some point we as people who talk about football should probably talk about football with Liberty and how, like, this is a really well-funded program and coaches don't care where the money f- comes from. Jamie Chadwell is an evangelical Christian. It's not like he has an opposition to Liberty. It's not like a lot of coaches have an opposition to Liberty. And I think that it is worth taking seriously as a job that would pay him like $4 million to be in the worst conference in football and win 11 games a year. I don't think that that is the least attractive thing in the world to a coach. I think that would be I can understand it, even if I don't, if I personally don't think you should coach at Liberty as a person, um, I, I can get it. I can understand the appeal. It's a very, very well-funded job. It's a very good G5 job. They have spent a lot of money to make that true. I would understand it. I would get it. It's, you would be going into a very small, very shitty pool as a, as a tank. Basically you could, 
you could win a lot of football games in the current queue. And also, by the way, like people who do this shit, like are just purely reactive to the news in general, because like they don't have the same energy about Baylor, right? Like what is drastically different about Baylor being an evangelical ba- Baptist school as opposed to Jerry? They're, yeah, they're all, like, they're all, version of it. they're all evil. But there are and many shady. versions Like it, it, yeah. it, it bears there wasn't saying... anybody criticizing Notre Dame coaches during like the ongoing scandal with priests, right? Like there, like there's a lot of jobs deserve heat. Like if you want to talk about like, Hey, should religious institutions be involved in football? That's a conversation to have. But I think it's if you're just applying to liberty, I think you're being a little bit disingenuous here. Yeah, um, and which I, is I say you should apply to all of them because they're all bad. Yeah, they're all but, they're uh, Pat, all. We got to move on. Yeah, they're they're all real quick. They're all bad, and to to spend all of your time talking about them as they are just all bad is I don't think really productive. I, I don't think yeah, it serves any purpose. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up, what do we got? Next up here, UNLV has fired Marcus Arroyo. Um, this one does not make a ton of sense to me. I get firing him in general, but like if you waited last year, why fire him after this season? I thought he actually showed improvement. Yeah. Uh, they had a relatively good season, all things considered. They look competitive in the Ma- in the Mountain West for the first time in a long time. Um, they want finished what, four and eight this year? Five Is that and, right? Five, um, and, five and seven. Five and seven. I mean, strong finish to the year overall. That's like the best team they've had in a long time. I don't really get why you fire him now unless you think you have an obvious slam dunk candidate high, like lined up. And who is the obvious slam dunk candidate for UNLV? Yeah, that is, I think that that is fair is that like, yes, the way that this season went down is very frustrating because they started four and one and then finished five and seven. I get it. They had injuries. Um, they also, they had a lot of games where they just struggled in. They lost to Hawaii. They really shouldn't have done that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was improvement. This was much better than he was in his first two years. If you didn't fire him after those, I don't really get why you'd do it here after he improved, after they won more games. Um, I don't think that Arroyo and his, his camp expected this from what I've gathered. I don't really know. It, it almost feels like kind of a rogue decision from an athletic director who just like, maybe caught wind of, of a, a big name that he might be able to swing for or something of that sort. I don't know who the athletic director is, who they might be able to swing for. Um, that, that could be the case. But if you don't have somebody lined up here, which again, we don't really know who that would be. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. It feels like you kind of, you had maybe a tiny bit of momentum, at least more than you've had in a really long time. It's been a long fucking time since UNLV was good at football. It's not a good football program. And you had a little bit of momentum, and at the first sign of that, you move on. I just, I don't know. Maybe you can get a better coach. We don't love Marcus Arroyo on this show. We're not huge Marcus Arroyo guys. I don't think he's a great football coach, but why right now? The timing is is very, the timing is very strange. I don't have a huge issue with firing him conceptually, but I don't think I would have done it this year specifically. Give him one more just to just to see because it's not like they flatlined it's not like they were stagnant they got better they were they were better this year than they were last year that seems like the only thing you could really ask for there yeah yeah 100 percent um i think that's uh that's the kind of correct read on this i don't really get it i am very curious to see who they hire it is a job i still think has potential on the road but obviously it has never lived up to it once in its history so we'll see yeah. um our next one here uh, a program that basically decided to have higher standards and, and i think they're right to do so yep uh western michigan fired tim lester uh after his performance this season uh he essentially i mean he's been an okay coach in his time at western michigan i don't think he's been terrible uh, kalamazoo is Certainly used to seeing a little bit better than this. Uh, it's not like they've always had the best candidates in the world, but the PJ Fleck standard he set there, I think proved more as possible for this job, yep. especially when the Mac is, is as weak as it is right now. Um, he went eight and five last season uh, to go to the quick lane bowl. This year went five and seven. Um, he's made a bowl game or has basically had a bowl qualifying record 
every season he's been at Western Michigan. He's never been worse than uh, six and six until this year. But I think they pretty much expect to make a bowl game every year there. That's kind of their standard. Yeah, um, there are. So, the, the, so I think the reasoning here is twofold, and I think you can miss this if you're on the outside looking in with Western Michigan and you haven't been following it super closely. Um, the first is that look who is is in the division with Western Michigan, uh, and look what has happened in that division over the last couple of years. There's a vacuum. There's a space at the top if you want to take it because Toledo is not taking it. Toledo is not. They're going this year. They're going to represent the West this year. Toledo is not insurmountable. This is not a program that is sitting at the top that you just wait until Jason Candle leaves and then you shoot for it. You could take it. If you have a good coach right now, you can take it. It's not that hard. Um, and so I think Western Michigan sees that. And then two, that 8-5 and five record last year, horribly disappointing. Horribly, horribly disappointing, significantly under expectations. They had an NFL quarterback and an NFL receiver, and they didn't do shit with it. They didn't do anything. They were not competitive in the conference for the the title race. They were mid. They were completely mid. This is them firing him for that, basically. This was... I would guess that this decision was basically made last year when they did not do more with what they had, and they just needed a down season to justify it. I, I think that this has been done for a while now. He was he was never more than just average, and that is, I think, totally fine if you're Western Michigan to not accept at this point with, with, with the MAC being as open as it is. I get it. I think they're probably going to hire a Michigan assistant. I don't know which one it'll be, but I, I think that I think they're totally justified in wanting more than what they were getting. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I am very curious to see who they pursue here. Obviously, a lot of candidates have been thrown around um, pretty early stage of this job. But, I mean, they're going to have a pretty good wealth of people to choose from, especially with how open the MAC is. Yep. This is the job where you can win the conference pretty quickly. Uh, and they, they are committed to winning football games. I like this job. I think it's a good job. Here to see what goes from here. Um, Patrick, our next one, we are on to Texas State. That appears to be hiring Eric Morris. That is the word right now. It's not been confirmed by the school, but uh, the rumors going around seem like Eric Morris has been zoned in on as the top target. Yep. Obviously, we were already burned by doing this with uh, Lane Kiffin to Auburn, but uh, you know, not our fault. What are we going to do? We're going to get back in the saddle and ride again. That's right. Um. So Eric Morris currently the uh, is the yeah currently the Washington State offensive coordinator, formerly of Incarnate Word, where he was the head coach. Um. This is an air raid hire. Basically, this is a you know a, it's um. It's the it's a, it's a Texas hire. It's a tex it's a school in the state of Texas hire. Um, I'm of the opinion that that Texas State has outkicked its coverage here. I I don't think I don't know how they did this. I don't really know this. It feels like maybe just we undervalued the importance of a of of a you know an FBS head coaching job in the state of Texas because I think Eric Morris is a whole lot better than this job really deserved. Yeah, I mean I think that's a hundred percent fair. Uh, I also don't know that he's like. His results at Incarnate Word were really impressive. I was not very impressed with what he did at Wazoo this year, but but he's not going to face competition like the Pac-12 that he will at Texas State. Yeah, uh, He will have to recruit, and I'm curious to see how he does that. Uh, recruiting to San Marcos is a lot different than recruiting to Houston. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot different. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a t difficult job. It's not easy. I mean, the fact that he has high school relationships in Texas will be a benefit, but he's going to have to actually go out here and, and forge some new roads to them because it's not like he's in the middle of the talent zone, right? Like Austin's a few hours away. That's pretty much the best talent you got. You're going to, I mean, San Antonio is the next closest one. Like you're not really near Houston or Dallas, this job. You're going to need some juice to pull these kids. It's a challenge. I'm here to see how he does it. Uh, I'm, I, but I think it is a good hire for them. I think he's going to have an uphill battle, but bowl games are a huge success here. If you make a bowl game, you've had a grand success at Texas state. 
Yeah. Um, that's yeah, what they're looking the, for. So we'll, we'll, we'll the, monitor that. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on Morris is that I, I think if you are concerned significantly with what he did at Washington State this year with the fact that their offense was not as good as people were hoping it would be, I would say I think he's a better program builder than he is a play caller. I'm, I would guess he's going to call plays here, but if he doesn't, I think that would be good. I think that the offense is an incarnate word. You can credit at least partially to GJ Kenny, who we talked about on the premium show, who's now the head coach there. He was the offensive coordinator. I think Morris is a lot more of a Jeff trailer than he is a, a, a play calling master. I, I, that would be how I would describe that. Yeah, fair enough. And Patrick, we are out of the coach segment. We are at 30 minutes and 13 seconds, just 13 seconds over our total time. Damn. Incredible work from the boys. Uh, that is just, that's the way you see it. Yeah. Um, you know, you gotta love that. That's execution. That's why we should be coaches. Yeah. Now we need uh, to spend the next 10 minutes jerking ourselves off before we get to the home field ad. Um, really <laughs> just celebrating our accomplishments. I mean, we did it. We did it exactly how we said we were going to do it. It was perfect. Right. Uh, we are perfect. You all as a doubted podcast. us. You all yeah. listened to the podcast saying, no way, no way Patrick and Ryan are going to make it happen in three minutes for coach. <laughs> we fucking did it. You absolute losers. You doubted us. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Damn it, I um, did it. <laughs> you know who else is the, is the cock of the walk, the fucking, the big cheese, the head honcho, the top snuff? No. It's it's home field apparel. It's home field apparel, Patrick, our beloved sponsor, mm-hmm. uh, our our daddy, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they love when we say that. They, they want us to use more BDSM style language on the show. Yeah. They've been asking for that. Um, so, Patrick, with that in mind, why don't you go ahead and give us our ad read here for home field apparel, which again is approved copy from them using more BDSM style language. That's what they've been asking for. So go ahead and go ahead and run with that. Well, right now I'm wearing my full body leather home field suit. And so that's really, there's no better way to celebrate uh, the season than, than, than with my full body leather home field suit, which they do not sell publicly. This is exclusive for, for podcast hosts who uh, they have a deal with, and that is the way that it needs to stay. Honestly, it needs to be exclusive to us. They cannot unleash this on the public. It needs to be something that makes us feel very special or else we'll start to feel a little neglected. You know, We're a very needy mm-hmm. podcast. They prefer that we're a bratty podcast. That's sort of our role within the, the home field polycule. Um, and yeah. uh, that that's a uh, that's a role that we take very seriously and one that we really uh, we feel we've done a good job of this year. Um, if you would like to buy their regular clothes that are not for podcast hosts, but are for, you know, just, just normal guys who are not involved in the polycule in any way, uh, you should go to homefieldapparel.com and you can buy, it's, it's collegiate apparel. It's high quality vintage collegiate apparel. There's sweatshirts, there's shirts, there are other things. And right now they've actually got something going on that I think is pretty cool that I think is, is specifically tailored for me and for the people on this show who are maybe, you know, listening to this show who are maybe team Patrick, who are maybe taking the Patrick Mayhorn challenge. Um, mm-hmm. right now, if you go really quickly here on Thursday, <laughs> as we record this, I'm going to put this up as soon as I can. Um, if you go really quickly over to home field, you can get a random shirt and you can get 20 per, or what is it? It's more than 20%. It's like 40% off or something. You can get a random shirt for 20 bucks. Um, does not matter. You, wow. you don't get to pick the team. You don't get to pick any of this shit. It's just a random shirt. And that is, that is, um, that's flipping the field mindset, at least for me personally, is just re- wearing, fucking whatever they give to me. I don't even care. I don't care what team it is. I have no preferences at all. I have no moral objections to any football team. I will wear literally any team's apparel. Um, 
And uh, that's the that's that's part of the 12 days of home field. This is the first day of the 12 days of home field. You can take advantage of that. Um, I don't know if our code stacks with that. I think it probably doesn't. But on other orders, if you use the code meet at midfield, you can get 15% off if it is your first purchase. Uh, again, homefieldapparel.com is the website. It's uh, it's good. And, and we um, it's very we're very grateful that they don't make us record the podcast with the ball gags in our mouth because that would be kind of difficult. Yeah. and It wouldn't be very good audio. So we appreciate that. Yeah, well. I mean, I could do it and if you want pictures of that you can sign up to the meet at midfield only fans yeah uh and actually i think we're gonna post a little teaser patrick <laughs> this is correct of of what your gimp suit looks like on the meet at midfield board this that's week that's right yeah so just just subscribe if you want to see that you want to see patrick in a gimp suit that's enough home field apparel they have lovely shirts lovely clothes you can buy all of them including your leather gimp suits as you need uh on you cannot website. to be clear uh, you patrick- cannot buy gimp suits there they're, they're they're not for sale i want to make that very clear you cannot not, buy them not yet not yet they're not but We've got an inside source and we're hearing some stuff. So mm. just keep your eyes open. <laughs> um, Patrick, you don't have to keep our eyes open for a gimp suit and absolute, an absolute spanking coming down the pike. Yeah. Uh, we have Utah versus USC in the Guantanamo Bay game on Friday night. That's but, true. <clears throat> that's going to be played at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Um, this game matters a lot if you are a fan of either utah usc or ohio state um (laughs) and nobody else cares yeah pretty much this is um this is kind of the theme of the championship weekend is like just watching to see if a playoff team fucks up and and falls out Mm -hmm. of the playoff um i think that usc i don't even this is not an i think this is objectively usc is the one that is most at risk this weekend because usc already has a loss on like the three unbeatens um usc is out if they lose this game usc would be out of the playoff i think pretty I mean, obviously, right? It would not. There would not really be a conversation. I don't think around a two-loss USC. Yeah, fair or or unfair. Um, <clears throat> now, are they no going fair? Uh, Come on. I, I think there would be an argument for them against Alabama. Certainly, they both have two losses, and the Pac-12 is a better conference. Um, but the, the I, I get it. I understand that that is a bridge too far for you know normie college football media to talk about. Um, but I, I I think that as for the actual game itself, and not. Just its stakes. I know I have been picking against USC for what feels like months now. I think they're probably going to win this game, right? I think that USC is probably going to win this game. I think that they're playing better than Utah is at this point. Um, and I don't know that yeah, Utah... Yeah, their defense has, has gotten a little bit fixed, it seems like, which is... Which I don't is know nice that I would them. say that that's the thing that's been better. I think their offense has just been out of control. Um, well, Caleb Williams <laughs> winning the Heisman. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Like, Are you ready to recant on Caleb Williams? No, he still sucks. He's not playing against anybody. But it's, <laughs> it, he's doing... I mean, we Kyler Murray literally did this like three years ago they, they do this every fucking Kyler year Murray was a great college quarterback dude what do you want like he played well in the playoffs i would like for him to win a good game i would like for him to win an important game that mattered for national title just like, are you like come grayson on. mccall like, yeah we, come on because <laughs> there are there's no he doesn't even get to play in those games i'm we are talking what about would this, what would this be if he if he won a conference title game would that not be an important game go win a playoff game I want to see Lincoln Riley win a playoff game. That's what I is that so much to ask? Uh, listen, this is not Lincoln <laughs> Riley. Hey, I agree we all hit Lincoln Riley. I, his, Caleb Williams. He is inseparable from his quarterbacks. They are one and the same. They are they are pure right. products of that system. There is nothing there's no separating the two. Every every quarterback from his system that wins the Heisman is Lincoln Riley winning the Heisman. It is one and the well, same. We're, <laughs> we're both on the same page. We both think USC is winning this game. Neither one thinks the team's very impressive. They will get pasted in the first round of the playoff. Uh but I, I think they're going to make the playoff. I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, most wanted is the CUSA title game, which I, I don't really know why they're playing this on Friday night. I don't 
I don't know if they usually do this, um, but it's North Texas versus... Yeah, it's going to have some counter-programming, I guess. I, yeah. I guess. North Texas versus UTSA, 8 p.m. on the CBSS, CBSSN. Um, mm, that's I tough. I believe it's North Texas at UTSA, right? It's not a neutral site uh, game. It's at UTSA. Very well could be. LSUfootball.net is where I get all my stuff from, and it just said versus. But uh, it very mm. well... It's impossible to know for sure where this game is being played. Um, I mean, it's on. That's pretty much the entire appeal here is that it's it's on. It's something you can switch to when the other game's at commercial. Um, I think UTSA is probably going to blast them. It, it, it could be closer because UTSA has played just a, a lot of close games, a lot of, of tight games against competent CUSA opponents over the last two months. It might be kind of worn down, but North Texas has also had to do that. Um, UTSA is a lot better. I, I think that UTSA is deserving of a lot more New Year's Six Bowl hype than it is getting. I think it's probably the best G5 team at this point from what I have seen, but it's not. It's not getting that sort of hype. Um, interesting to watch for UTSA's sake. Interesting to watch those receivers. I would recommend it, and Frank Harris I think is very good as well. They're, they're fun to watch, but there's not a whole lot else going on here. North Texas does not... There's not some huge sell I can give you for North Texas. They're fine. They're they're a perfectly fine team. UTSA is just a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think UTSA is going to roll here pretty comfortably. North Texas, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, they're in this game. It's a huge card and they got into this game, right? They haven't had a yeah. team this quality in a decade. Uh, it's nice they got into this game, but it doesn't really mean much to me because I think UTSA is going to roll uh, that program's in a great place. I, I'm still curious to see when he gets a head coaching job somewhere else, if and when he chooses to leave. Um, Jeff Trailer is doing an amazing job there, and I think you just got to think he's waiting for the right job. Yeah, but, um, which, yeah, we'll I, I think see. understandably so. I think they're positioned to run the AAC as soon as they jump up there. They're a very good program. Uh, no fly list is on here because I wanted to put a third game in this slot. It's Akron at Buffalo, 1 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Literally the only reason to watch this is because Buffalo is currently 5-6 and six and trying to get to a bowl game. If they win, they'll go to a bowl game. Um, very weird season. Very, very weird season that they have had from being you know, considered one of the worst teams in football to start the year to then looking like a Mac contender, like a serious Mac East contender to now they need to beat Buffalo in a rescheduled game to get to a bowl game. Very weird year. That's, that's, it's improvement for Mo Linguist, but it's a very strange way to get there in a way that I probably would not recommend for second year coaches. The result is the same. If they get to a bowl game, it's still improvement, but like, mm, man, kind of like the Marcus Arroyo thing. You, you, you can't lose in very specific, like heartbreaking ways all that often. You need to, you need to try and avoid that as best you can. I am very curious to see what, like what the, what the expectation of this job is. If you're a fan of, if you're a fan of a uh, Buffalo, right? Like, like, are you basically thinking that Lance Leipold raised the ceiling of this job and Mo Linguist should be better than this? Or that you understand you kind of just had a generational coach there for once? And that's I, like the best you've got. I would guess it's the um, latter. I, I would guess that, that expectations are raised, but there is an understanding that what Lance Leipold did is probably not going to be sustainable for most coaches. Um, that would be my assumption. I do want to also mention just real quick because it, we did not have the chance to talk about it on the recap for obvious reasons. Um, Akron beat the shit out of NIU. Akron beat the absolute piss out of those boys. Um, I'm not saying that they are turning it around. I'm not saying that this is the sign of things to come, but they beat the fuck out of those guys. It was not even close. It was like 44 to 12. Uh, good for them. That is a that is a win that I would imagine is very satisfying after a really rough season. It was, I mean... Man, it, it looked like a team that was really upset about the way that this season has gone. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. Uh, that was a cathartic victory for those guys. I think is the way you phrased that. Yeah. Um, what's your expectation for this game coming into it? 
I think Buffalo is probably going to win pretty comfortably. I, I okay. Yeah, I don't know if I have a whole lot else on it. I think. Well, I think. I, I don't really have any else yeah. to say in this game. Akron, let's, Akron, let's, let's like get. Akron has been legitimately close against some capable teams and did just have that big win, like I talked about. So they might be able to keep it competitive. I think that would be a positive. That would be a win for them. But I think Buffalo probably wins. Um, moving to Saturday here, noon. The Abu Ghraib game of the week, a uh, reflection of the week, is Kansas State versus TCU in the Big 12 championship game. This is on ABC. Uh, like USC, TCU probably needs to win to secure its spot in the playoff. Personally, I don't think that should be the case. I think TCU should be in regardless because it is a better team than Ohio State. It has a better resume. Uh, but again, I get it. Everybody has recency bias and can remember exactly one week behind them at any given time. Um, uh, yeah, well, I know you have a different opinion on this than I do as for who should be in the playoff after after a potential TCU loss. So what is your stance on this game? Um, well, I guess the game itself, my opinion is here, is I, I think Kansas State's played some very good football. Uh, TCU, as we talked about, have really turned around from a team that was getting some lucky come behind wins to a team that's actually now winning games in mm. an impressive fashion for they, the most part. I mean, had, obviously the Baylor game just happened two yeah, weeks ago. They had one, I would say. <laughs> they, they, yeah, fair enough. They really, really, really took it out on, on Iowa State, but they have still been, yeah. they've been dancing on that line a little bit. And they've won from behind seven times this season. Man. Uh, I mean, it's a skill it at that point. And not, I mean, sorry, let's clarify. That's seven second half comebacks. Jesus. I should, I should correct that. Yeah. Yeah. They just keep doing it. Uh, Kansas State should have beat them if they if they stayed healthy throughout their game. Uh, I think Kansas State can beat these guys. I, I think TC also is pretty locked in right now. has a lot to play for. Like, whether, whether their whole team is playing well is one argument. Max Duggins have played out of his mind mm-hmm. uh, for weeks now. He has been very impressive. Um, I, I don't know. I think Kansas State probably gets them back on this one. Mm. Do you want to do the playoff talk? Do you want to do that kind of whole deal? I'm not, honestly, I'm not convinced that Kansas State does. I was thinking that for the last couple of weeks, and I know that Iowa State is not a good barometer, but like, I mean, TC, that was like one of the most impressive performances of the season from what, what TCU just did on, on last Saturday. That is not an easy team to blow out, and they put 62 on them. TCU put 62 points on Iowa State. Uh, that It's not necessarily a, a signifier that, oh, they're going to just start being dominant now, but they are, like you said, they are locked in. They are, they are well aware of what they are playing for, and they looked damn good. They looked damn good, and, and Kansas State... I really like what Kansas State has. I really like them with Will Howard specifically. We've talked about this earlier in the season, how he adds a different dynamic to the offense that I think really changes what they can do, but... TCU looked really, really good, and I kind of, as as much as it is a, a long-running thing of Sonny Dykes fucking it up in big games and, and not being able to finish, I kind of think that they might, that, that there, there has been too much of a shift against TCU here heading into this game, and that people are under, underestimating a little bit just how good they are at closing, just how good they are at finishing games, how good they have been down the stretch in games this season, and I... I, I the playoff stuff, I think, is is worth talking about. But as for the actual game itself, I kind of think TCU is going to win. I think that they are. I think that they are better, and I think that they can show it in this one. I um, I don't know. I think it's a valid opinion. I guess I'm just going to go with the thing that I'm hoping happens, which is that the TCU loses here. Uh, I'm just wish casting a loss for TCU. Yeah. Um, because I think the Bucks are getting the playoff. Okay. So so then do the do the playoff talk. Then what is the so what what is your, what is your thinking about this here? 
Uh, if TCU loses, they're going to be out. Uh, the committee is going to cite the whole game control thing. Yeah. Uh, like TCU, basically, what I just said earlier, they constantly come from behind in all their games. That Ohio State was better most of the season and just had a terrible performance in Columbus. And actually, you know, if you look, the score wasn't as like the score was not reflective of the game, and you know, it was a closer game than it seemed. And they're going to do a whole you know list of bullshit to get Ohio State to play off because it makes more money, right? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Um, yeah, that's what's going to happen. I think, I think that's pretty much the, the clear. Like, it's not like TCU is a better resume. I think realistically, like they have more quality wins, but they don't have a better win than Ohio State. Uh, they have more comfort behind losses. They have won by better margins. Like, that, that'll be the argument they make if it happens. So, I mean, I, I'm not a supporting or, or dis, you know, or going against it. I don't have a hard opinion on it. Uh, but that is what will happen if they lose. Uh, yeah. If either one of TC or USC loses to Ohio State in the playoff, I think no doubt. Yeah, I, I, I think I fear that you're right. Um, I do have a hard opinion on it. Uh, TCU took care of business in the regular season, and Ohio State didn't. It should not be punished for that. TCU should not be punished for that. I, I, I think that it is. Uh, if you want the counter argument, if you want the Ohio State match short argument, the argument is they've played the same number of FBS football games uh, <laughs> after this game. The, the, basically, TCU played an FCS game and that doesn't right. actually count. So they they both, yeah. So they're both gonna be eleven and one against FBS teams. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, these people are shameless. These people are absolutely shameless. They will never give it up. Um, yeah, I I just I like. Uh, from a from a resume uh, schedule strength of schedule all that stuff i think the big 12 is a much better league than the big 10 is this year based on what i have seen ohio state play what i've seen the big 10 do in general um also i just morally speaking my my hardest opinion on this is that you cannot lose to your rival in a playoff play-in game in a big 10 east play-in game in all of this shit by 22 fucking points and still get into the playoff just don't play one at that point just don't have a playoff it's it's embarrassing. It is absolutely embarrassing if that team backs into the playoff. They should be, they should be fucking shipped off to the Orange Bowl that no one's going to watch. It, it it would be ridiculous to reward this team with serious stakes where it can actually play for a national championship. They've done nothing to deserve it. Nothing, nothing at all. It would be, it would be just as bad as putting Alabama in. It it it, it would be it would be a fucking sham. And I think it very well could happen, but it it would be just further reflection of how completely unserious how completely made up all of this shit is how how uh, there there is no actual there's no actual meaning to the playoff beyond what we put into it it's not it's it, there's in no way definitive it is just a popularity contest it is exclusively a popularity contest to make money um and it's it's a shame that we use it to declare a national champion it really is um yeah, I don't think I have anything else on oh, this game. It would be it would I be ridiculous. No, I would no. I would hate to see that team in the playoff. I don't think they deserve it at all. Well, uh, unfortunately, the Buckeyes will be winning the national championship this season. I'm sorry to tell you that. Uh, it's it, nothing I can do about it. It, it, it. it really is something to watch, seeing you talk yourself right <laughs> back into Ohio State immediately after that No, game. I don't actually think that's clarify. I don't actually believe No, that. but you will by the um, time they play their first playoff game. You would be yeah, all the probably, way back to yeah. convince that they can fucking... They, it's, it's an abusive relationship that you are in with Ohio State. You cannot... Well, look, well, look here's the thing. As I said... The, if Ohio State makes the playoff, there are only good outcomes for me possible because either Ryan Day is going to get his shit rocked again by the same kind of team he always loses to, yeah. which is the most likely one, which puts him closer to getting fired, or uh, Ohio State wins a national title. That's all. That's all that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's not going to lose a game <clears throat> close. He doesn't do that. He's, he's done that like once ever. Yeah. He either gets his shit rocked 
or uh, he, he wins. So, I mean, it's cool. Either one advances my agenda. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't think that him winning a national championship would advance your agenda. I'm going to be honest. It wins the agenda of the Buckeyes having a national championship. Which is, that's, <laughs> that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make for my agenda. Um, Not me. Yeah, but, Not me. I would, I would sooner die than be proven wrong. Uh, most wanted, Ohio <laughs> versus Toledo in the MAC championship game on ESPN. Um, I think it's just going to be a really fun football game. I'm excited to watch it. I think Ohio is probably going to win. That would be my Maybe that would be roll. that would yeah. be my guess. I think they're better than Toledo is. Toledo has also been pretty badly dinged up. Ohio, granted, is what going to be without Curtis Rourke in this game? I would assume. I don't think he's coming back so. after one week. Um, but Toledo By the might way, quick. Toledo might be sorry, without its to- starter as well. Quick note on the program. I want to just I just point out here in Ohio because I don't really care about this game very much. I think Ohio is going to win comfortably. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just my hot take. Um, I will say we were wrong on Tim Elbin as a guy, but right uh, about Frank Solich that okay. he underachieved this program for years. Uh, Ohio is one of the best jobs. The MAC is one of the best jobs. I think can be one of the best jobs at the G5, frankly. And that program has been underachieving for a very long time. Uh, all it takes is the right coach to win there. It is a really good opportunity. It's a great university, great location, great recruiting opportunity. Uh, Ohio can be very good if you have the right coach. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I, I offer no promise, no no apologies for what we said previously about Ohio. Uh, we were right. Yeah, Curtis Rourke, I don't I don't believe is playing for this game. I think he's out for the season. Um, oh, well. Curious to see if Daquan Finn does play for Toledo. They looked really bad this past weekend losing to Western Michigan, I want to say. Um, but I'm interested to see how they respond, if Jason Candle can beat the allegations. I don't think he can, personally. I think that it, this is sort of a... Uh, you know, the stoppable object versus the movable force in terms of Ohio trying to win a MAC championship game and Jason Candle trying to not fumble the bag. That's that's two things that just cannot happen generally, um, but somebody's going to have to do it here. I think Ohio is probably the better team, and I think that they do win even with a backup quarterback. Interested to watch this one. It's too bad we won't get to see it at full strength. Uh, no fly list just to pad out the stats here is New Hampshire at Holy Cross on ESPN+. Plus. I have no thoughts on this game. I, it's, it's there. No thoughts on this game. It's, it's the line yeah, Day they, versus Bill Simmons Bowl. That's what it's known for. Yeah, that's right. It's um, it is one of several FCS playoff games that you can watch this weekend if you are interested in doing so. That's about it. They're on if you want them. I'm not probably going to watch a whole lot of that. I don't. I just. I. I. I don't follow the FCS closely enough to justify it. But I. It, it's there if you want the option. I totally respect it. I think it's probably better than watching Ohio versus Toledo. Um, yeah. In terms of like how much it means, but I. I get it. I. I think that this is. Worth mentioning, I have nothing else to say about it. Afternoon. Yeah. Patrick, speaking of second-rate leagues, yeah, the, the whimsy little, the, the, the flimsy little SEC plays its uh, plays a championship in Atlanta at 4 o'clock on CBS yep. where Georgia takes on LSU. LSU sucks. They lost Texas A&M. Uh, Georgia's going to roll them by by two or three scores. Georgia's offense is also bad. They are a boring team to watch. Munkin's um, a terrible coordinator. <laughs> No, no. I mean, come on. This shit sucks. Yeah, this is sort of a this is kind of a, a nothing game. This is one of three nothing games here for the Power Five uh, conference championship games down the stretch. Because even with a loss, Georgia would still be in the playoff. Um, and also, it's not going to lose because LSU is not good enough to beat it. I, I yeah, I, it, it's. If you want to watch the helmets, I guess <laughs> it's that. If you want to pretend that you're watching the most talented game, if you, I mean, you can you can lie to yourself. You can you can do the fucking PFF thing and say, oh, well, it's like basically watching an NFL game. This is pretty much like watching the Jags play, which I love to do. If you're like one of those fucking freaks who does that, I guess you could watch this and, and justify it to yourself. But 
as a football game, as an actual football game that we can talk about seriously as adults instead of pretending that the SEC is just really good this year, uh, this sucks. It's a bad league. It has produced one bad team to play against one really good team in the conference championship game. I don't think it's going to be anything. I think it's it's no different than the, the Big Ten's championship game of, of Michigan and Purdue. This is LSU and Purdue are roughly the same level of quality. I, I, I have no interest in either of these games, and I, I certainly don't have any interest in this one. I guess keep an eye on the score. It'd be really funny if Georgia loses, but it is. This is a meaningless bad football game. It, it's it's. There's nothing. There's nothing here worth paying attention to. I don't think. Um, yep. No notes on it. I guess. Yeah. Nothing else. I, I'm good. Uh, on the most wanted list, we have Coastal Carolina taking on Troy at 3:30 on ESPN for the Sun Belt Championship. Boy, Coastal got fucking rocked last weekend, huh? Yeah, they really did. The backups did not uh, hold up especially well against James Madison. They were without Grayson McCall, and it showed. Uh, James Madison had a whole lot more to play for there than Coastal, but also, man, that's a that's a rough that's a rough showing. That is not the most encouraging thing to see heading into a conference championship game. Troy, meanwhile, has just taken care of business all season. They've just gone in taking care of business. Um, I I have no reason to think they can't do the same thing here. I, I think that Troy, in a, a really an incredible first year for John Sumrall, I don't know how you could possibly ask for any more than what they have gotten. Um, to close that out with a conference championship game, I think would be reflective of the best team in the league. I think that they are the best team in the league. I think they deserve it, especially if Coastal doesn't have Grayson McCall. I think they could beat them straight up, even if they did have Grayson McCall, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I, I'm really interested to see this. I'm interested to see if Troy can finish the job and, and can... Uh, can knock this one out because I think that they deserve it. I think they're the best team in the conference. I think they're the best team in the best G5 conference. It bears mentioning too. Um, and I think they've had a damn good season. I would really, really recommend watching this game for their defense. Watch Troy's defense in this game. They are they are fun. They are fun to watch. They're very entertaining. They're very well coached. They're very good. It's um, This is, I think, going to be a pretty good time. I think they're going to win, man. Uh, I really do think Troy's going to win this game. I mean, without Grayson McCall, it's, it's just an uphill climb for Coastal. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm fascinated to watch it. I'm very curious to see. Uh, Troy's been a fantastic team this season. I, I think it's possible that both Troy and Alabama are better than than Coastal, right? I think it's yeah. going to be a possibility here um, without Grayson. I mean, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, I like both programs. It's a fun game. It's probably one of the better games of the day for sure. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm not very interested in, though, is the UCF-Tulane matchup, uh, the rematch at, at 4 o'clock on ABC. Uh, it's going to determine the G5 participant in the New Year's Six Bulls, but the actual game, I mean, I, I don't really care. Yeah, we just saw this, didn't we? Like three weeks ago? We yeah. <laughs> we just yeah. saw this game. Yeah, I, I mean... UCF has really, really tried to fuck this up down the stretch, tried to tried to lose to USF, actually lost to Navy. They look like shit. They look like absolute dog ass. Um, I think Tulane might be able to get them back here. I think that Tulane is playing better football at this point than UCF is, but that, that this game has meaning, that this game is going to send a team to the New Year's Six Bowl is is embarrassing. It's, it's really a reflection of how little people have been paying attention to the G5 this season. That this is like for basically for I mean objectively this is for the New Year's Six bid unless something crazy happens. Um, these teams are are not anywhere close to being the best G five teams. They are not the best representatives of this level of, of the sport at all. Um, I think that this game could be interesting enough in a self contained way because I think it's probably going to be close and competitive. It's interesting stylistically, but as like a quality thing, you can do a lot better. You could do a lot better in this time slot with the Sun Belts game. Um, 
this is just, just uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm bummed out that either of these teams is going to get to be a representative on the national stage because I don't think they're, they're deserving at all. I think I would much yeah. rather see Troy or UTSA or fucking Ohio in the New Year's Six Bowl than I would see yeah. one of these teams. I'm I think one of these teams is going to get washed. They're going to get washed in the game, and they're going to look bad. It sucks. It sucks. It's very annoying. The committee does not watch football at all, but especially not G5 football. It, it really blows. Yeah. Yep. Um, Pat, two games in the no-fly list here. Uh, we have Boise State versus Fresno State at 4 o'clock on Fox. And we also have Jackson State versus Southern in the SWAC championship uh, at 4 o'clock on ESPN2. Um, I guess for you here, Boise State, Fresno State thoughts? I'll kind of let you take the wheel on this one. Uh, I think Jake Hayner is probably going to beat the hell out of them. I, I, Boise State's defense is really, really battered right now. They've had a lot of injuries. I don't think that they're going to be in a much better place coming into this game. Uh, Taylor Green was named the Mountain West Freshman of the Year, Boise State's quarterback, which is very funny because he is bad. He is not a good player. There were much better freshmen available. Um, but uh, pretty much just whoever Boise State's best freshman is is going to be the pick in most seasons. Um, I, I don't think Boise State has a whole lot of a chance here. Their ground game can keep them in it, can keep it close. They can slow the game down. But I think Fresno State's playing much better football right now. I mean, you can even... The transitive property in this sport is not really functional, does not really work, but just you can just look at what these two teams did to Wyoming over the last two weeks. Fresno State beat the shit out of them and never had any trouble. Boise State needed a last-minute comeback to beat them. Um, Fresno State's a better football team right now. I know what the records say. Fresno State with Jake Hayner with a fully healthy stable of receivers is a, is a much better football team than Boise State is. I think that they're probably going to roll here. Fair enough. Uh, I will defer to you on that one. The Jackson State game here, I'm interested to see. Uh, the winner will play in the Celebration Bowl against the MEAC champion for the uh, HBCU national title. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson State, obviously, is Deion's team. They've been undefeated so far this season. Um, Southern is a quality team, but I mean, I mean, Jackson State is looks like the class of the uh, of of the HBCUs right now. Like they are very, very impressive. I, I think they tend to roll in this one, but. I may check out a little bit of this game just to uh, just to see it. Yeah, just to ch- I mean, even just the Dion spectacle, I think is fun on its own. Um, have these two? I'm gonna guess that the I'm 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 gonna make myself look foolish here. Have these two played this season? Yes, they have. I I, I answer my question immediately. They have. Um, Jackson State beat them 35 to nothing back on October 29th. Hmm. Um, mm. <laughs> I think Jackson State probably is going to roll here unless Dion is just like openly on the phone interviewing for other jobs on the sidelines, which he might be. I don't know. If anybody would do it, it would probably be him, um, you know, making a whole big show of this being like the last go around for him or something. I don't know. I would guess that they're probably going to be up for this one and that they are going to uh, that they're going to roll. I do want to just just real quick as I think about it for the first time ever. I know that this is not going to be a frequent topic of 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 discussion here on this show, but like if you're Jackson State, what the fuck do you do when he leaves? What do you do? What <laughs> what do you, what you how do you replace Deion Sanders at Jackson State? It's such a unique figure, such a such a different thing than anything else you have ever done. What do you do? Yeah. You can't just hire an assistant. It won't work. I don't know. You look for the next guy, like who's the next I guess who wants uh, in go hire Richard Sherman. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess you Richard Sherman. I mean, all pro corner hall of fame corner who went to go on TV next, like yeah. big personality. That's maybe the next answer. You could go hire Roger Sherman. That might be worth looking into. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. What would that be like? Uh, probably not very good. Uh, evening Guantanamo <laughs> Bay, Michigan versus Purdue 8 PM on Fox. Uh, man. I mean, 
Are you interested in this at all? You're more of a Big Ten guy than I am. You've got it in your name, uh, your legal name. You've legally changed your name to B1G underscore Ryan. I like mm-hmm. Michigan's not going to have Mozzie Smith in this game after he was, uh, what is it, a gun charge, weapons charge? Is um, that confirmed? I, did they confirm they're suspending him? Is that, uh... I don't know if they're suspending him. I'm going to assume that they will. That would be kind of crazy if they... <laughs> If they didn't, well, the, I, I think their basic intention is that there's there's a lot of conflicting stuff on this story right now. But basically, the uh, Ann Arbor police and the Washtenaw County prosecutor are arguing with each other publicly uh, because the police are saying we did definitely arrest him, yeah. uh, and the prosecutor saying there was actually no arrest made. He was just like there was nothing. It was just a citation, yeah. Which is uh, hmm, I don't know. What we'll, a, what, we'll, a uh, what an annoying football program. This cannot be your scandal. Come on. Get, get a real scandal. It, this is so annoying. I will say it is legitimately like for all the holy than thou bullshit, the fact that the county prosecutor is a Michigan fan who publicly has go blue in his Twitter bio <laughs> and like tweets about Michigan football <laughs> and is then like waiting seven weeks to like charge a player uh, after they win the Big Ten, essentially. That's awesome. Is fucking insane. That is like <laughs> if that happened anywhere else, like they're just like, oh, well, you know, I don't know. I, I can't really talk about it. Like, Come the fuck on, dude. That is ridiculous. Yeah. If that happened at Bama or like they would be all over this shit. Maybe Michigan is more serious than we thought. Like the actual football program. The fans obviously aren't, but the, the football program, no. maybe it is more serious than we gave it credit for. Um disgusting behavior. I, I actually <laughs> like I mean I don't really care, dude. It's whatever. This is a disgusting this, is a, this is a disgusting <laughs> act. This is one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> It's honestly, it's jeopardizing the fabric of our country and our conference. Yeah. Uh, I, I can say definitively that no college football player has gotten in trouble for a worse crime this week. Is got this bar none? <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, there is there is no college football player at one of two programs that one of our personal rivals roots for uh, <laughs> that has done anything worse. Uh, there is nothing for us to comment on about any individual who happens to be you know on our enemies list now. Who happens to root for two programs who both had players arrested for equally heinous mm-hmm. acts this week? I'm gonna no I'm comment. Gonna, I'm gonna throw up if I have to think about this anymore. It's it's dis, it's despicable, <laughs> despicable crime committed here at Michigan. Um, God, as for the game itself, I mean, whatever, on, right? Like yeah. Mich- I, Michigan the only, is the only argument you can make here is not about the football field, but like the Jeff Brom is currently three and zero all time versus top three teams. Yeah. If you wanted to talk yourself <laughs> into it, that's what you have to say. That's awesome. I, Michigan is going to be without Blake Corum, right? He's out for the season they've announced i think he's out for the season they're without mozzie smith if you want to talk yourself into something crazy happening here purdue beating michigan would be what i guess that'd be the yeah but it won't even matter because they're still in the playoffs. yeah yeah like like uh like the georgia lsu game it was still even a even a a loss as funny as it would be an upset would you know would be like it won't matter it doesn't mean anything this is an exhibition this is a you know just don't right. get blown out and you're in. And that uh, I, I don't think Michigan is going to lose this game, just like I don't think Georgia is going to lose to LSU because their opponents are so wildly overpowered. I mean, Purdue's bad. Purdue's like not a good football team. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'm, it could I'm theoretically. Good. I think it could if things break correctly. This could cost Penn State a New Year's Six Bowl, so that would be funny. That would be funny. Uh, we do like that. Um, my guess is that it's not going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume. I don't, we don't usually do score predictions on here, but I think that this is probably gonna look a lot like the 42 to three against Iowa last year or whatever it was. I, I think this is a blowout. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be competitive. I agree. The other game in this window is Clemson, North Carolina, 8 p.m. on ABC. Um, Ironically, this is maybe the only game besides the Big 12 one that actually has stakes. I guess the Big 12, the AAC, and the ACC are the only three games that have stakes here, uh, which is really funny because 
the winner of this game is going to New Year's Six Bowl, and the loser is absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, the loser will be killed on the spot. God willing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hate these two teams. These are two of the most annoying teams in college football. I don't really have any opinions on this game. I, I mean, yeah, I, like, this, this is a strong candidate for worst game of the year. Like least compelling, least <laughs> entertaining, just an absolute fucking just just a void. Nothing. It's a black hole. Nothingness yeah, of football. Awful, awful football game. Clemson cannot throw the football down the field. They are playing 1960s style college football, both in the style of play and Dude, also Clemson. Clemson sneaking in a loss to South Carolina last week. Is it was so, so funny. Yeah, it was awesome. Just just <laughs> while while everybody was watching Ohio State melt down and Ryan Day piss his pants on television, Clemson was losing to Spencer Rattler. <laughs> Clemson was completing nine of five hundred passes. <laughs> fucking awful yeah they they are they are in all ways they are running like a 1960s football program right now including with uh, Dabo Swinney's beliefs about you know just the world in general mm. um he is many are calling yeah, him a, like Michigan yeah, yeah many are calling him a Woody Hayes style individual um and uh Woody Hayes won more Woody Hayes did win more <laughs> that is true he also uh he was more serious about his beliefs if Dabo really believed what he would believe he would uh kill a player on the field like uh Brian Kelly yeah Woody Hayes actually went to war dude yeah yeah. Like, get real. Yeah, but Woody Hayes fought to defend his country. Dabo Swinney has done nothing. He's like a cat girl to Woody Hayes. Yeah. Um, North Carolina on the other side is just uh, just a, a loser program. There's nothing. There's nothing here. They have closed out what looked like a very promising season with two dreadful losses, two very bad losses. Their quarterback is going to transfer. They've got nothing. They've, there's nothing going on. This is a dead game. There's there's no. There's no reason to watch this. There's no reason to watch this football game. Really, honestly, after the, um, I mean, after the fucking Sunbelt game ends, you should just do something else. Just go somewhere else. I don't know. Watch some, watch a movie. I don't care. There's lots of good movies out there. Go find yourself a movie when the when the Sunbelt championship game ends. You don't need to watch these games. They're meaningless. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. I, I will say the rumors cropping up about DJ uh, potentially going to uh, going to UCLA as a transfer or mm. USC. Uh, why would those coaches want him? Uh, UCLA, I could understand a little bit more because I think that they would use him correctly, which is as really big JT Barrett. Um, USC, that would be, I mean, if they could make him good, that would be one hell of a turnaround job. I would give Lincoln some fucking credit for that. Uh, I don't think they can, though. No, I, you wouldn't. You would absolutely not do that. You yeah. Would be, come on. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, 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 the UCLA one makes more sense to, the, to me than the USC one does. I don't know why... I don't know why you'd want him, period, but I, I can understand it a little bit more with UCLA than I can with USA. Yeah, I mean, the rumor is he's a, he's a package deal with his brother or whatever, uh, Mateo, who's a five-star defensive end, yeah. uh, who's a high school senior right now. I mean, I don't think I would buy that. I don't I don't think the odds that he is uh, coming uh, to the West Coast are very high. But, I mean, I don't know. Does Clemson think they have anything better? Like, it doesn't the backup, uh, what's his name, uh, Kluber? Uh, Kay Klubnik. Yeah, Kay Klubnik. Didn't look much better. Uh, wasn't like he looked awesome when he came in this season. He looked pretty shitty, actually. Yeah, uh, it's going to be this is this is unrelated and a different topic entirely that I'm sure we'll get to here at some point when we don't have games to talk about. It is going to be such a fucking just a wild off season of transfer portal stuff. It's yeah. going to be Brandon so Armstrong went in today. Yeah, from Virginia. It, it's going to be so that. much more than last year, even because this is um, I think it was Bud Elliott made a, a point that I had not thought about that I think is a really good point. Um, this is the transfer portal class for that 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 recruiting class that signed during the COVID year where no one could visit or see any players playing. Um, yeah. This is sort of their time to transfer. They've had two years, two full years within their programs. Um, it's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of shuffling of guys, both up to higher levels and down to lower levels. Um, 
it's going to be, I think, even way, way, way more than we saw last year, and we saw a ton yeah. last year. I think you're going to see a lot more like Jordan Addison than than, than we did, you know, last year. Um, I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's fun. I, I get that people complain about it, and they, you know. I, I think I can understand fans of specific teams being more upset about it than I am as a guy who does not have any real connection to teams and does not care about roster continuity. For me, it's fun. I like watching it. It's like watching the fucking NBA trade deadline. You know, it's like I, I just it's it's a uh, ooh, I get a little notification on my phone that a really good player is going somewhere else. I think that that's yeah, uh, it's it's, so, cool. it's soothing for me. I like that. Yeah, and the good part is, is remember that the big teams will always win, and that's yep. the most. That's why you like it. That's why you're happy about yeah. it. Because the best teams are going to get better every year resistance uh, is futile truly there's no point in yeah. complaining or getting mad about it it is uh just what it is i can't fix it i can't stop it it's just going to keep doing this and there's nothing i can do so um that's right i guess i'll just throw up my and hands Patrick, and enjoy myself guess what dude what's that we finished the podcast ahead of schedule we kept yep. the time yeah this cur- is what happens when you let me run the clock yeah currently with the uh with the intro included we're at an hour 15 20 seconds so we're gonna get the hell out of here so that we can be accurate to what we told you because that's the number one thing that we care about on this show is being 100 mm-hmm. percent accurate to the things that we say so uh we'll catch you guys on the recap <laughs>